Hey, what's going on, guys? So, just wanted to uh, get on here, record a little podcast about uh, mainly focusing on fantasy football. Um, but today, I wanted to—I've been doing some work on, as you guys probably know if you follow me on Instagram. I've been putting together, slowly but surely, putting together um, fantasy projections for each team. Um, and recently, I was just looking at quarterbacks because I noticed a lot of people. Um, are really high on Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and, you know, that kind of thing. Again, this year, I just wanted to remind everybody, when I say I don't draft a quarterback early, I mean ever. Like, I don't do it ever, okay? Last year, 2019 season, I was a big advocate of – um. Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, and um, I can't really remember it anyway. But the the two guys that I got in all my leagues personally were were either either or, um, I mean, and or Josh Allen and Jameis Winston, and that worked out really well for me, you know, <laughs> as it did for anybody to listen to me because those guys at their you know ninth tenth round ADP. Where you spend an you spend a ninth round pick, you know, and that's a little bit slightly early for Josh Allen. Like you spend a, you know, ninth or tenth round pick on your starting quarterback, plug him in week one and just play him every single week, other than his bye week, and he ends up one of the you know a legit QB one. I don't have the info where he finished off the top of my head, but he was a legit quarterback one. So, um, so yeah. Uh, that worked out. Let me just remind a lot of you guys where you were spending um, early round picks on which quarterbacks. So last year, ADPs for quarterbacks um, ended up as Pat Mahomes' first quarterback off the board. Totally fine. At the 207. So for me, I was just never going to get Pat Mahomes. There was never a world where I would even – I mean, honestly, I won't – I, no matter what, I wouldn't take a quarterback even in the fourth or even fifth round. I mean, if Lamar Jackson was available in the fourth or fifth round this year, I'd think hard about it. I'd probably do it, especially in the fifth. But, like, generally, I'm just not going to do that. And only the only reason I would make that exception for Lamar is because of what he's going to do as a runner. He's going to run for 1,000 yards or 900 at least, right? And he's going to get you at least four or five touchdowns. I mean, that's... I mean, that's essentially a low-end RB2 um, as your quarterback, who also last year, as we know, he led the league in touchdown passes. So Lamar, if he fell, which he would never fall, that that would be a guy I'd be willing to, you know, that just to, I'm just trying to contextualize how much I despise drafting a quarterback early. Okay, so Pat Mahomes is first quarterback off the board. Deshaun Watson was the second quarterback off the board at the 4'11". Aaron Rodgers, the uh, fifth round. Baker Mayfield was a Baker Mayfield was consensus QB four before last season. Um, right before last season, Matt Ryan QB five, Drew Brees QB six, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Um, that's surprisingly low for Russell Wilson, and you may have even returned value if you took him. In the, yeah, if you took him in the seventh or eighth round, you definitely you definitely won. Um, there, but here is the issue. Yes, Pat Mahomes got hurt. 
I get that. But even amongst points per game, he was third amongst quarterbacks. Okay, that's that's good. But if you but if you spent your second round pick for the third best quarterback, that's an issue. And here's the thing I want to touch on real quick in terms of just I'm a big big value guy when it, when it comes to fantasy football, and that goes for if you're if you're having the um, uh, the FAAB, whatever, you know, like I'm not going to just, oh, let me just spend $40. I'm not, I'm not going to do it unless it's a unforeseen circumstance where I just know a guy's an RB1 or something crazy. Like I'm, I'll spend 40% of my budget. But why I'm so big on value is what's the downside? I mean, what are the chances? What, what are the possibilities that Pat Mahomes finishes as quarterback three? You know, they, they're not, they're not, Likely, he's probably going to finish higher than that, right? But, but here's the thing: it's a likely, it's it's a potential scenario. Like you can see a world where that happens. Now, if you spend your second round pick on that, the third best quarterback, that's rough, man, because you <clears throat> could have gotten the third best quarterback in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th round. I mean, imagine this year if you just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks and you take Drew Locke in the 11th or 12th round or whenever you can get him. I don't know his exact ADP right now. But if you take somebody like Drew Locke, uh, Daniel Jones, you know, in the ninth or later, that is just awesome. And, you know, I even like Jared Goff a little bit this year at what I would assume his ADP is very late. Um so, getting back to these quarterbacks, if you took if you took Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round, you lost horribly. You lost. I mean, you lost really bad. He was the fifteenth, fifteenth best quarterback in terms of points per game. Okay, the eleventh best. Like, is he, he finished QB as QB eleven? Deshaun Watson. You know what? You returned decent value on Deshaun. But here's the thing about Watson, and another reason why quarterback position is is tough to uh when you when you have such a high investment in it people took Deshaun Watson as a second uh second quarterback off the board last year the issue with that is um well he he finished as QB2 in both points per game and at at the end of the season he finishes as the second highest scoring quarterback but if you remember with, with Watson last year he was he was like 16 points or 50 points. You know, it was like a the variance of of the points you got from him was not as impactful as his net finish as number 2, you know, as Q, as QB2. So even though his he scored a certain amount of fantasy points to justify a fourth round pick, certainly even though that happened, there were many many weeks last year where Deshaun Watson fantasy owners were not thrilled with their quarterback and, and their investment. And especially when you consider this, I took Chris Carson in the fourth round of almost every draft, third, fourth round. Uh, and he was available there. So he was consistently available in the fourth round. Now, if you take Deshaun Watson there and I take Chris Carson and I mean, you're, you're salty about that. You're looking at me like, man, how'd you get Chris Carson? Like, why didn't I do that? I'm stupid, right? It's a mistake. So um, so that's that's just the issue there. Aaron Rodgers in, in, as, as in the fifth round, you're not happy. He didn't ha- – I mean, I don't even know how many weeks he scored 20 points. To be honest. It, it was a rough fantasy season for Aaron Rodgers. It was a rough 
you know, real football season for him too in in some ways, but we're not going to get into that right now. Okay, Baker Mayfield as the fourth quarterback. If you did that, you were horrible. You were just so mad. He finished in points per game. He scored the 28th, 28th most points per game. And he scored the, he finished the season as QB 19. Okay. Just so you know, that, that accounts for like, if you know, like guys miss games or whatever. So that's why he's 19. It's not just based on 12 or 15 guys. Um, Matt Ryan, you're not, you're not thrilled. I mean, you, you took him in the sixth round. He had the 11th most points per game. So a fringe starter, a fringe starting quarterback. And he finished his QB nine. Um, Drew Brees, of course, he got hurt. So let's just do points per game with him. He was eight, QB eight in points per game. He took him in the seventh round. I mean, that's, you, you know, you're not pumped about that. You're all right with it, but you're not, you're not pumped. Uh, Carson Wentz finishes 13th in points per game. You know, so yeah, if you took him in the seventh round, you you know didn't work out very well. Jared Goff, oof, twenty third uh, in points per game scored for Jared Goff, and he was taken in the mid to late seventh round. That is just a basically a miss. I mean, you were dropping. You were either here's the issue with that too, because you want to say no. You know, that's my investment. I believe in Goff. So when week four or five rolls around, you're like you're trotting him out there in a good matchup, and he's not doing much for you. And then you're just like, okay, now what do I do? I need, especially if you're in a league with with not a ton of roster space. I mean, do you dump your seventh round pick in week four? Do you just cut him and, and cut your losses, or do you you cut somebody else that you might not want to cut so you can so you can stream a quarterback here? And, that, and you just get into that situation where I would much rather just I would much rather stream my starting quarterback every single week than I would. Um, and have a seventh round pick invested into one where you don't know what to do, you know, or, or a seventh round pick or better. Right? Cause I would actually consider a seventh round pick on a quarterback. If, you know, if, if um, I felt the value was appropriate. So, all right. Uh, Russell Wilson here, if you got him in the eighth round or seventh round, you, you, you did well. Um, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I would even take him there. So he finishes QB seven. Solid, right? Not spectacular, but solid. He finished as QB5 overall, but he finished at with the seventh most points per game amongst quarterbacks. So, And then Cam Newton was the 10th consensus QB off the board. And, of course, for him, he was injured. But while he was in, he was at 43rd most points per, uh, per game. So here's the thing, guys. Of the top, let's just look at the... Of all of the top 10, consensus top 10, one, two, two of them finished as, as top five quarterbacks in points per game. Two of them. 20%. Okay. Um, one, two, three, four. Four of them finished as top 10 quarterbacks. So 40% of the top 10 last year finished as top 10 quarterbacks. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to tell me... I only have a 40% chance of drafting a legit starting quarterback. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take that those same odds and spend it on a running back or wide receiver even if they're even if those odds are, are a little bit less and you're telling me I could potentially land a starting running back or wide receiver in the you know third or fifth round, sixth round even. <clears throat> I mean, I am all for that and 
I would rather take even the slightly less odds uh, in terms of drafting a successful starter and take those swings on more valuable positions like running back wide receiver. Um, I'm not big on drafting a tight end early either. So, but that'll be a topic for another day. Um, and then I wanted to touch on a couple guys that I think are uh, just very, very good values next year, um, different, different positions. Um, Philip Lindsay. I know they just signed Melvin Gordon, and I haven't even dug into the numbers as deeply as I want to yet in terms of where I'm going to project Philip Lindsay. So I don't have that info for you right now. But, but just intuitively, when I look at that that backfield, that situation, everybody's like excited about Drew Locke. And as, as anybody that's been following me since last draft season, you know that I'm very high on Drew Locke. I had him as my quarterback one uh, last year. I had him over Kyler Murray, over Dwayne Haskins over Daniel Jones. So I'm a big Drew Locke guy, but he started, I think four or five games, right? When, and then Denver, despite getting uh, awesome production out of Philip Lindsay over his first two seasons, I think he's like 16 touchdowns and and a thousand yards plus in each of his first two seasons, they still signed Melvin Gordon and they drafted, of course, the uh, two receivers, Judy and Hamler. What that tells me is different from what that tells um, some people because a lot of people are thinking, okay, we're they're going to be an eleven personnel team and they're going to air it out with Drew Locke. He can throw deep and then, you know throw it to KJ Hamler and have Judy work underneath and Sutton in the intermediate areas, and that's all true. But they signed Melvin Gordon, and by running back standards, they gave him a pretty hefty contract. I think he's the sixth highest paid back in the NFL right now. That's not because they're not high on Philip Lindsay. That's because they wanted that. They want that one-two punch tandem. They want. I mean, look at Vic Fangio. You think that guy doesn't want to run the ball? He wants to run the damn ball. Look at him. <laughs> um, and Philip Lindsay has been a very good runner. Here's the interesting dynamic because of their body types, right? You would think, okay, Philip Lindsay will be, you know, the guy that comes in on on third down. He's caught in thirty-five. He's, he's caught thirty-five passes in each of his first two seasons, um, and he has. But the issue, Philip, and I haven't done a lot of film study to, to necessarily, you know, be able to tell you exactly why. But he's like, last year he was under six yards per reception. And the year before that, he was in the six six yards per reception range. Even for a running back, that's awfully low. Okay, so despite what you your brain would tell you is that Philip Lindsay would be the scat back, Melvin Gordon is a guy that's a very good receiver from the running back position. Um, I'm not going to say Melvin will be the scat back and Lindsay will be the early down guy. It's not what I'm getting at. But what I'm getting at is that's going to be, in my opinion, that's going to be a true running back by committee situation. And I think um, I think Melvin Gordon will be will, will see about 60 percent of the workload. And I think Philip Lindsay will be right there in that 40 percent range. You know, I, I really do. I think Royce Freeman is just going to be a depth guy and, and fight for a roster spot. Um, and I just. Lindsay in the eighth round to me for a guy that's going to offer you, in my opinion, he's going to offer you a floor of flex and, it, you know, knock on wood, if anything happens to Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay is going to be a floor of a, of RB2 and the ceiling is low end RB1, you know what I mean? So 
um, especially in this offense where he's it's not they teams cannot focus on the run um, and that's what the beauty of this all just like all the uh, most fans are looking at the Drew Locke and the and Judy and uh, you know all the weapons out there with Hamler and they're they're getting excited about the downfield passing attack well guess what contrary to the new age popular belief guess what makes your downfield passing attack better when teams have to put more guys near the line of scrimmage and if you want to do that because you know Fangio is going to run the football um do it at your own risk because now you've got serious speed with the uh, Hamler and even Judy and Cortland Sutton is a very good deep intermediate receiver but what I'm getting at is I think that will open things up for the run game. And then as, as, as time goes on, when that happens, that will open things up for the deep passing game and vice versa. So I really think that when we think about Philip Lindsay, we're looking at a dude that offers you almost, I think guaranteed that uh, flex value. Like you start him every week, damn near as your flex and he's available in the eighth round. Okay, that's that's money, guys. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's value. You know what I mean? Like eighth round picks are hit or miss. And when you hit and when you have the, when you have a high floor and you combine that high floor, which is a flex, in my opinion, for Lindsay, when you have. OK, I think this guy's a guaranteed flex and I can get him in the eighth round. And you combine that floor with the ceiling of low end RB1. If anything happens to Gordon, knock on wood. Now you've got a very nice balance of floor to ceiling ratio for an eighth rounder. That is money. That um, yeah, I think you should draft Philip Lindsay, especially if you can get him in the. Even if you can get him, it's depending on what the board's looking like, and, the, and it's the sixth round. I mean, take him. You know, I would. I don't have any issue with that. It just depends on what's available. Sixth, seventh round. You just want to make sure you get him. I mean, of course, depending on what all is available, I'd take him. Um, and then. <clears throat> Uh, a couple of quarterbacks that I like because of where you can likely get them. And I don't have all my, my ADP stuff written down and organized right here, right now. So I'm just going to kind of wing it a little bit in this regard. I think um, Daniel Jones is a guy I'm, I'm intrigued by. And if you can get him, then I believe his ADP is ninth round. That's, I mean, I love that, right? Like, I, I mean, what I do is I, typically what I've done, at least I should say, is I've drafted like last year in most of my leagues, I just drafted either Josh Allen or Jameis Winston as my only quarterback. And I just rode them the whole way. And that worked. Right. But like what I think I'm going to incorporate this year is I'm going to take I'm going to take multiple quarterbacks, but I'm going to do it late if the board lines up that way. So let me give you a scenario. Um, let's say it's mid to late ninth round. I'm on the clock. I'm looking at Daniel Jones. And and when I look at the running back wide receiver value, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't love it. So I go ahead and take Daniel Jones, right? One second. So I take Daniel Jones ninth round. Okay. Now we're, we're in the 12th, let's say 12th round. And somebody like Drew Locke is on the board, right? I, I mean, to me, or let's even say Jared Goff, you know, somebody that, that you don't, or Sam Darnold, like somebody that 
no one's super high on because they haven't necessarily done it consistently yet. But somebody that you can look at and just say, man, I can like, for example, this guy who I'm referring to now last year would have been Lamar Jackson, um, you know, would have been uh, Josh Allen, James Winston, you know, that kind of that kind of player. So if you can throw a couple of darts between rounds nine to nine and on right nine and 13 or whatever on quarterbacks. Like you have to know that you're, you're likely to hit a starter with one of them. You know what I mean? So if you really want to, if you're, if you're not like me and you want to draft quarterback because you think it's a really important position, I really would recommend this strategy of drafting quarterback in the ninth round Assuming the board lines up, don't ever go into a draft and say, I'm going to get blank in this round. Like you have to see who is available because if you don't, if you disregard value, it will come back to haunt you. It really will. So if you, if you take a quarterback in the ninth round and then you come back and you're in like the 11th and you don't like anything on the board and you look at quarterbacks and you see uh, a guy like, you know, I mean, even Joe Burrow right there. I mean, why not, you know, take him. Uh, so, or Justin Herbert or, you know, um, somebody that just has an upside, Sam Darnold. I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. I think that that's actually a very good strategy because, uh, the upside, you know, and, and just hold on to two quarterbacks for as long as you can. If you want to dump one at a certain point, dump one. Cause I, I don't like to roster quarterbacks like that because I'm really not afraid to stream them. And in my, in some of my leagues, Roster space is super valuable. So, um, so anyways, just want to touch on some things like that, guys. Gave you a, a potential sleeper-ish in Philip Lindsay, just somebody I, I think is really good value. Um, and I want to just go over the, the idea that, you know, people are just like get so excited because that these quarterbacks score so many points. Like the the top quarterback is, you know, the, the top scorer in fantasy and this, that, and the other. I just wanted to just put it in perspective, man. Most of these guys that were that were top quarterbacks uh, last year were drafted late to um, to not even drafted. Like, you know what I mean? Lamar, ja- I mean, Daniel Jones wasn't drafted. And over the last five weeks or last three weeks, he was QB six. I mean, nobody drafted him. I mean, that's what you're going to get. Every year, there's going to be at least two or three of those guys every year that are going to be legitimate starters for at least the back half of the season, and they're available for peanuts, man. And while somebody has spent their fifth-round pick on Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Uh, Sixth-round pick on Baker Mayfield, sixth-round pick on Matt Ryan. Like, no thank you. Um, So just want to go over some things, guys. I'm going to try and do these podcasts regularly. I'm trying to get at least five of them out every week. So they'll range from anything from fantasy football to just whatever, contract talk, whatever's going on with the game. So I appreciate all of you that are listening, and I will see you next time. Later.